What's going on, everybody? It is Locked On NFL, and today we've got Calvin Ridley getting suspended for, well, gambling on himself or his own team, something like that. So we'll go through all of that. And then, of course, we're also going to hit the NFL salary cap, which is finally on its way back up. First time in history, over $200 million. And, of course, the franchise tags have begun rolling in. How are they looking so far? Who's got the tag? Who might still be on the way? It's Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another live one here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. We're doing these live on YouTube if you want to catch them. Otherwise, you can always catch it as a podcast as normal on Tuesdays. It is Tuesday. That means you got me, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings at Luke Braun NFL. I'm here with Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A of Locked On Saints. And we're talking about Falcons misery. So ah, good day for you. Yep. <laughs> so so uh, Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least a year for gambling. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the salary cap, which was made official. It was 208.2 million. We kind of knew that number, but now it's official. And then also this is the franchise tag deadline. So franchise tags are getting slapped left and right. We'll talk about who got it, what it means and all that stuff. We will get to it. But first uh, let's start with uh, the, the Calvin Ridley thing. So thank you so much for making locked on NFL, your first listen of the day. And uh, yeah, that this is wild. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Gambling on games, huge faux pas in all things of, of sports. Gambling is legal. It's endorsed very heavily by the league. They've got betting lines in the in the scoreboard now. They've got Miami Stadium is sponsored by a gambling. But it's um, you're not supposed to bet if you're involved. <laughs> like right. that's like the first rule. <laughs> and it, all this comes amidst. The Miami thing about losing games on purpose and that kind of had a gambling tint. So th- there's a, a little bit of corruption going on here that's starting to come to light as all this stuff gets a little bit more public, a little bit more above board. For, I guess, the full skinny on this, let's go to Aaron Freeman uh, of Lockdown Falcons. Alvin Ridley is suspended for the 2022 season for gambling. I'm Aaron Freeman with Locked On Falcons. Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has now become the fifth player in NFL history to be suspended for gambling, being suspended by the NFL on Monday for the entirety of the upcoming 2022 season. According to the NFL's investigation, Ridley was found to be discovered betting on games in a stretch during late November of 2021. But per the NFL's investigation, that bets did not involve inside information or anyone involved in the Atlanta Falcons organization. Although NFL Network's Mike Garofalo reports that really did bet on the Atlanta Falcons and was using one of the NFL's gambling partner sites, which led to him being discovered through that back door. That stretch in late November was during a time of the 2021 season when Ridley had stepped away from the Falcons to deal with what he termed mental health issues, having stepped away from the team around Halloween since the end of the 2021 season. Ridley has been rumored to be on the potential trade block with NFL Network Steve Weiss saying that the Falcons and him may be headed for a mutual parting of ways. But ESPN's Adam Schefter on Monday reported that even though the Falcons have been involved in those 
trade talks in recent weeks with several NFL teams have not entered into them in good faith due to their knowledge that Ridley was going to be facing a suspension since early February. Now it looks like Calvin Ridley uh, is done in Atlanta. He certainly probably has played his last down in Atlanta and what his status is beyond uh, Atlanta in the future will have to be seen if and when he gets reinstated in the 2023 season. But for more coverage of this developing story involving Calvin Ridley, make sure you check out Locked On Falcons, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Absolutely wild. Everything about that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely wild. All the way down to the fact that he got caught because of the fact that he was betting using one of the NFL's betting partners' websites. Like, of all things to do. (sighs) Like, oh. And then he got snitched out by somebody. Like, there's so many different things around Mm -hmm. here. Thank you. Big thank you to Aaron Freeman, Locked on Falcons. You can go and check out the episode about what the Falcons are going to be doing now that they officially don't have Calvin Ridley for sure at this point, at least for the 2022 NFL season. Mm -hmm. But this has got to be a bit of a warning shot across the NFL in terms of like, hey, yeah, we're supportive of gambling. We're getting into the the world of gambling. We're going to be talking about the salary cap in a little bit. That's eventually going to be impacted by gambling and make the game a little bit better. But- don't 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 mess with the integrity of the NFL. Don't mess with the integrity of the game as long as you're a player, of course. Yeah. And they take it's very clear. I mean, this is a year long suspension. It is very clear that the NFL takes like integrity of the sport matters much more seriously than any personal conduct conduct matter. A lot of people have a big problem with that. I think that's totally fair. But like, you know, what's the bigger crime here um, that or getting in trouble for domestic violence or, or right. know, committing a crime or something like that? Like, right. What's the worst or, you know, quick logging on to like FanDuel and, <laughs> and you know, placing a quick parlay. Um, but I, the other thing, just listening to Aaron there, the thing, I, the takeaway that I have is, OK, this was not an organized thing. This was a right. player sitting out, deciding to lay a wager on a game and thinking he could just like quick sneak one in for fun. Um, and that's a terrible thing. You absolutely should not do that because that's such a huge conflict of interest, even if it's not serious, even if it's just for fun or whatever, even if you're not even in the game, even if you're not in the, even in the same country, because I believe that was mm-hmm. a game in London that he was betting on. Right. Um, so all that stuff is completely irrelevant. It, it Don't do that. That's really dumb. But the Falcons, not only, I mean, this wasn't anything involved with the Falcons. It did not affect any game results. Everybody wants to be very clear that like, hey, this could have impacted like the integrity of the game, but it, 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 it didn't. Right. Yeah. Um, really, really clear about that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, the Falcons could have very easily worked up a trade with somebody and said, yeah, 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 we'll give you Calvin Ridley for a second round pick. And then two seconds after the trade goes through, this story comes out, he gets suspended and the Falcons walk, run away. They could have done that and they didn't. Right. And I think that's like good move. <laughs> that's, yeah. you know, good, yeah, good play there. There's something at least that's like morally nice about the Atlanta Falcons for doing it that way and all that. But I mean, this is just one of those situations to where, and, and I think you have to look at this and I think the more direct comparison for like this, as well as like the preferential treatment is looking back at the Brian Flores situation, looking at, yeah. you know, what you referenced earlier about the, you know, GM telling him basically I'll pay you this much to lose games, which was probably more about draft stock than it was for gambling, betting, things like that. But it would have impacted that for certain. And so, 
I just look at that scenario versus this scenario, a guy that's not even playing on the team, that's away from the team, that's away from the NFL. He's not practicing. He's not playing. He's not doing anything. Betting. I, I feel like those are the two things that you kind of have to kind of have to match up. But as you know, we just put uh, Kevin Clements, a viewer here on YouTube. This is the, the benefit of watching live on YouTube. Yeah. You can get some of your comments up and things like that. But as he observed, uh, you can't do that. <laughs> that's Period. bad. Like, that's you're, real dumb. <laughs> you're an NFL player. You can't be doing this. So, you know, time and time again, like we can have the conversations around what things are punishable and should be more punishable than something like this. But there is no argument around the fact that like this can't happen. You can't do this if you're a player. And so the NFL firing its warning shot, as Aaron said, only the fifth player in NFL history to ever be suspended for Mm -hmm. sports betting. And as you observed was is suspended in a similar situation to one of the worst suspensions that we've ever seen, one that you and I know intimately. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Greg Williams got a year plus indefinite, like a year at least. Greg Williams, who was kind of the the main character of the Bounty Gate scandal 10 years ago um, that and that actually dropped about 10 years ago is when that whole the sentencing was actually happening. That's true. Um, That was ahead of the 2012 season. Yeah. The the other thing that I I can't stop thinking about here is fantasy, because Mm. a lot of players vocally and openly have themselves in fantasy football or play fantasy football. Are yeah. those free leaks? <laughs> Here's the conversation. Do we have to again. check on that? <laughs> right. There's the conversation again of like the, the blend between fantasy and betting and like mm-hmm. where those lines are and things like that. It's, it's massively interesting, massively. Yeah. Interesting. And, and I think it's going to be a little bit choppy while everything gets ironed out. And I'm sure, you know, in five years, 10 years, it'll be ironed out and there'll be a policy and you can't play fantasy or whatever, but we're going to have to go through a, a, a national conversation or two mm-hmm. um, before we, we actually get there. Yep. Yep. Got to go through a couple of them. And I'll tell you what, we got a couple of other conversations to go through today as well, because we got our salary cap conversation coming up, $208 million. What I would do for a 10th of that one percent of that. Um, <laughs> we have that salary cap conversation, and what this means for teams that are going into uh, the new league year, which legal tampering begins a week from today. So very excited oh for all that. I know, isn't that incredible? So we have that coming up for you on the other side. Some of the big conversations with the big players that you need to be watching now that the salary cap is on its way up. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Uh Oh Luke. It's BetOnline.net. <laughs> It's betonline.net. If you are an NFL player, please turn the podcast please off. Please <laughs> mute the podcast. Just chill for a second. This does not pertain to you. Everyone else, <laughs> you are more than welcome to go over to betonline.net to get all of your odds, lines, player props, player performance props, everything that you're looking for. It's a number one place for all of your sports betting needs, bar none. I don't know about y'all, but I made a little bit of money this weekend at the NFL Combine. Oh, even, get it. And you know, I was able to do that because I wasn't participating in the Combine. Just want to be clear about that. So made a little bit of money on all of it by making by uh, taking the bet that none of those records would be broken at the NFL Combine, and uh, that didn't happen. We didn't get we didn't see a single oh, nice. Combine we record broken. Could have happened. Could yeah. have happened. Yeah, Tariq Thompson, Taekwon Ta- Thompson, mm-hmm. excuse me, almost had it done, but unofficial. <laughs> so I ended up walking <laughs> away with some of that. So go and check them out. BetOnline.net, all the odds, lines, and props that you need. Number one place as well for all of your sports betting news, analysis, and podcasts as well. So go and check them out. The official gambling partner of the Lockdown Podcast Network over at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Thanks once again, everybody, especially everybody watching on YouTube. Come live, watch on YouTube when we're on, or you can always catch the show on YouTube uh, later on demand as well, like normal. Um, so let's let's talk about the salary cap now. 
208.2 million. We knew that at that that level. It's over 200 million, like you said, over 200 million for the first time ever. Um, it's only going to keep growing as mm-hmm. this new TV deal gets worked in, the NFL and all the TV networks put together a new deal that's going to mean a crap ton more revenue. Yep. And, and gambling, gambling is going <laughs> to, and I don't think that's incorporated yet into projections nope. and stuff. Mm-mm. So it could explode even more than it is currently projected to. And I think... Look, this is particularly relevant to you and I, Ross, because we're we're Saints and Vikings fans, and Travis Rogers over at the Rams, uh, maybe Louis and Gino at Locked On Eagles. These are the teams that really abuse the salary cap. That yes. really, yeah. t- I mean, a, a lot of teams don't quite do as much. Uh, void year shenanigans and restructure is maneuvering. I like to call it clever accounting. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not shorting players by doing this kind of stuff. You know, they're, they're getting the same money and oftentimes it means they're getting access to their money earlier. Yep. Um, but you're, you're making it count differently amongst the cap. And as this goes up, teams that had a lot of dead money, a lot of void years, a lot of guaranteed money and pr- or prorated bonus are getting rewarded because... They have because there's more room to work with. Yes. So the 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 factors that were supposed to kind of be a punishment for kicking the can down the road are getting watered down as the pie increases. And it's one of the reasons why I have been saying forever and ever and ever that when it comes to the New Orleans Saints style of cap management, which includes kicking the can down the road immensely mm-hmm. without question and without hesitation. And forever. That, and forever. That, no, it probably won't catch up with them because of the new TV deal, the mm-hmm. unaccounted for currently gambling money that's going to feed its way into the salary cap, all of that. Now, last year, it might have caught up with them a little bit because we saw the NFL salary cap drop. It went down $6 million less than what it was two years before that from 188 down to 182. So now to make this $25 million basically jump up to 208.2 is pretty remarkable. And you know the other teams that win because of this? Teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, who signed their quarterback to a $40 million deal for 10 years, you know, $40 million per year deal for 10 years or whatever. It's going to look small. And all this stuff. In two years, Patrick Mahomes' contract is going to be laughably small. Laughably mm-hmm. affordable because we're going to see. Because remember, it's not always about the best quarterback, it's about the timing of a contract mm-hmm. renewal more than anything else in most situations. So, when we see these other quarterbacks come up, like Kyler Murray, who could potentially get a huge contract here soon and could see that money immediately swell over the course of the next few years, in with the understanding that that salary cap is going to continue to raise, you look at quarterbacks like I don't know who else is going to be up for Joe Burrow in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Like those quarterbacks are going to make bank because of the fact of that salary cap being on the way up. So now you look back two years, three years ago at contracts like Patrick Mahomes, contracts like Josh Allen, so on and so forth. And every single one of those contracts is going to be absolutely nothing. It's going to be laughable in turn, in comparison and relative to what the rest of the NFL is spending on upcoming quarterbacks. Yeah, and and yeah, it's going to lead to weird dynamics where somebody like I don't think anybody thinks Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. Maybe they did like two seconds after the AFC Championship game because that's right. how it goes. Mm-hmm. But I think even like Bengals fans understand Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league, and good on you for beating him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to get paid more than Patrick Mahomes, and that's going to be weird. And that's just like that's the economics of it. That's just market economics. It's just how it works, and this is going to impact that. So when you're talking about extending your favorite players, you might have a top 10 player that gets paid like a top two player, and that might feel unfair, but it's just kind of how it works, and that's why um, 
looking at contracts as a percentage of the cap instead of as like a raw number in millions of dollars is always going to give you a better sense for exactly how people are um are are actually valued and yep. usually a lot of the conversations within team headquarters go go that way as well yeah yeah it's it's going to be something and and here's the other thing too like these other positions like running back and tight end that usually don't see a lot of money they're going to see in comparison, a bunch of other, you know, uh, new contracts that are going to be a little bit more inflated than we're used to. So we're also going to see these other um, positions rise in salary cap, you know, uh, hit and things like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about the tight end position. Surprise for me to see a tight end to get a franchise tag this year, this season. I I actually didn't expect, or at least the one that got it Mm -hmm. is the one that I didn't necessarily It is easier to franchise tag a tight end than it is to tag like a corner or an edge rusher or a wide receiver. More than certainly, more than certainly. But I just did not expect this particular tight end to get the franchise tag. So we'll talk about which tight end. Yes. So we're going to talk about which tight end gets the franchise tag and which tight end might still be on the way along with some other players to get the tags. Because we got franchise tags coming up as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on NFL. But first... I get the great opportunity to tell you about our friends over at Rock Auto. Luke, I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, oh, boy. I watched someone back up out of a parking spot the other day and not realize that there was a, a pillar right next to their car. And they turned a little bit too early, took the, took the side view mirror right off of the car. Oh. Right? It's one of those situations where it's like hanging on by the, by the power cable. You know what I mean? Oh, One of those. that's the worst. Yeah. So taped it up and everything, helped them out. And then I was like, you know what? You should go to rockauto.com, buy the part for your car, for your mirror, and then take it to go and get replaced so that you only have to pay mm-hmm. for the labor. And they came back to me not too long ago and told me that they saved a ton of money doing it that way because they paid like maybe 50% what they would have paid just for the part alone by going to Rock Auto and then paid for just the labor, which was the cheaper side of the actual thing because it's not that hard to replace a side view mirror. In fact, they probably could have learned it on YouTube, honestly, if they would have taken the time to do it. But I understand, like go and get it done. Sure. So really, really good stuff over at rockauto.com, the fantastic and best place for you to go to get everything that you need for your car, truck, or vehicle, parts, pieces, accessories, whatever it is that you're looking for. The little, uh, I know it's one of your favorite things, just the little blade on the windshield wipers so that you don't mm-hmm. have to replace the entire thing. Three Side bucks for mirrors. that thing. That's right. That's right. Side view mirrors, flux capacitors, whatever it is that you're looking <laughs> for, they've got it for you over at rockauto.com for any make, model, or year. So go and check them out, rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you right in Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Every year we get a few of these and I honestly feel like it's one of the worst things still in the CBA, but we're doing it. I don't know. It just gives teams so much control in a way that players fought over this forever and ever and ever. And there were strikes in the seventies and eighties over like how much control teams have over players. And then there's still this one thing that a team can do slap the franchise tag on you and there's nothing a player can do about it, but it happened. And let's talk to you about who those guys are. Ross, you got it. Yep. So we have uh, a quick look at three players that have already gotten the franchise tag. That's Cincinnati Bengals safety, Jesse Bates. That is uh, Orlando Brown Jr., not the uh, wide receiver from the replacements, but the offensive tackle from the Kansas City Chiefs and tight end David Njoku of the Cleveland Browns. I expected maybe a tight end to potentially get the franchise tag, but it was not that one. It was not. Yeah. well, I, I don't know who you're referring to, um, but look, oh, the, the tight end, the tight end franchise tag is what, like nine million bucks. It's like not that bad. 
Yeah, it's it's like because just under just, eleven. It's really really yeah. affordable. really really affordable. Because the way that the franchise tag amount is decided is what the average of the top five contracts at that position. And if you think about like if you play fantasy, you understand this. There's like three truly big giant elite tight ends that that have big contracts, and everybody else is sort of just a guy. Um, yeah. And yeah, that and I think Travis that's a little Kelsey. bit reflected. Travis, Travis oh no. Um, uh, who else? Travis Kelsey. I don't want to uh, do this. George Kittle and Taysom George Hill. Kittle. I just wanted. I just wanted to get the Taysom Hill joke. That's all I want. I just wanted to get the Taysom Hill joke. God damn it! <laughs> and Josh all, Allen. All, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, and maybe Carson Wentz. The so that that's how it's constructed, and so that means that the franchise tag for a tight end is actually a reasonable deal. So David and Joku is going to be able to play for the Browns. Is good. The, the Browns are going to be able to keep David Njoku for maybe less than he would have gotten on the open market right. if he was able to kind of uh, leverage and pit teams against each other. Again, it's it's the economics of the situation, not necessarily a reflection on how good that player is, but on, on the open market, if you have two teams bidding on you, you're going to be able to jack up that price in a way. Of course, the franchise tag is all fixed. Yep, absolutely. And now you're looking at like the cheapest franchise tags being that one, of course, the tight end one is pretty cheap. The running back one, of course, is pretty cheap. The transition tags, of course, are even cheaper, which gives like sort of the right of first refusal situation mm-hmm. to be a thing there. And then you have, you know, like safeties and stuff like that, which is around like $12.9 million. And so, I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it at those positions. And I have to say my favorite franchise tag that was used out of those three without question is Jesse Bates for the, for sure. for the Cincinnati Bengals. Easy, easy money right there to get that one done. For sure. And I'm I'm hoping for like, I, I hope that it's a tag and then we're going to extend you two months later Absolutely. and we're just buying ourselves time. Because if he has to play on that tag, then the Bengals are in a really rough spot. And that might actually work out for Jesse Bates um, in a way that it's worked out for other players like Brandon Scherf, who's been tagged a couple times. Kirk Cousins is kind of the pioneer of this, right? Gets tagged yep. a couple times in Washington and then goes to free agency and is able to leverage it like really, really well to get fully guaranteed deals and all the whole thing. Um but I mean, look, Jesse Bates, huge, huge, huge moments throughout that whole playoffs. And I think that like he, he should retire a Bengal, if you ask yeah. me. I, he needs yeah. to be like a ring of honor Bengal. And I hope they can keep him around. But I was honestly on the other side of the AFC championship. I was kind of mm-hmm. surprised by Orlando Brown. I oh, yeah. have not watched the Chiefs all that close. So Chiefs fans yell at me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, or go just go listen to Ryan Tracy. But yeah. I kind of feel like he struggled in that AFC championship game. And I feel like that trade between the Chiefs and Ravens, I feel like I'd rather be the Ravens right now. So seeing them work that hard and do an offensive tackle franchise tag, which is a huge number Mm -hmm. to keep Orlando Brown in the building. I was a little surprised by, but again, yell at me if I'm wrong. I could be like totally off base on that. Yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm looking, I'm looking really quickly at the, uh, the prices for the franchise tag to look at offensive tackle right now, offensive lineman as a whole, uh, $16.6 million. The okay. third most expensive franchise tag somehow actually lower than defensive tackle, which I did not expect. But again, it's an average. It's like Aaron Donald's in there messing it up. Right. And, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's like an average of all those top guys. Actually not the third. There's, there's $29 million for quarterback. There's $18 million mm-hmm. for wide receiver, but you know, still like right there in the middle and still a lot of money uh, when tagging there. I- I'm glad for the NFL 
NFL, and this is another reason why like NFL teams get so much power is that you don't franchise tag an offensive tackle versus a, versus an interior offensive lineman, right? You franchise tag an offensive lineman, period. So that average comes down when you get which all hurts those, tackles like, contracts. Yeah, absolutely, big time. Yeah, big time. Big time. So that ends up being a big part of it too. So I, I look at you know these things and we look at those three: Jesse Bates, Orlando Brown Jr., and uh, David Njoku. Players that stand out that could potentially still be franchise tag before the deadline later on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that stands out for me is the tight end that I expected, Miami Dolphins tight end Mike Kosicki. Uh, oh, he's a big one that I really thought they were going to franchise tag him because if he hits the market, he's going to get paid. And I don't know how much Miami's willing to spend. But with Mike McDaniel being there, you know he values a tight end position. You know very much that he wants to build around Tua Tonga Vailoa. And if you want to build around Tua mm-hmm. Tonga Vailoa and a guy that has like sort of one of those short to intermediate areas offense, quick, quick trigger type offenses, you want a good tight end. So I thought maybe they would tag him and then start to work on a long-term deal over the course of that time. Because remember, once you're tagged, there's that window to get that long-term deal done. I thought that's the way that they would take advantage of that. Yeah. I, I wonder, because if you're coming from the Shanahan system with Mike McDaniel, mm-hmm. that tight end's got to be able to block. Yep. And that is not Mike Kosicki's game. True. So that's I wonder if they'll do it at all. Um, another one I think we can probably project is Chris Godwin. He seems like oh, a total yeah. no-brainer for it. Yeah, and that, that's like seen, I guess, in Tampa. Like, like Tampa fans see that as a foregone conclusion, but it hasn't happened yet. So I guess we're just on Godwin watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, yeah. It's never that many. Like if your team doesn't franchise tag anyone, don't think you're missing out on something. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. Usually it's kind of unexpected too. Like from my experience last year, the New Orleans Saints were $111 million over the salary cap before the league year began and still found a way to franchise tag Marcus Williams, which none of us mm-hmm. expected. Like two weeks yeah. before that, we were on lockdown Saints saying, no way the Saints use a franchise tag this year. And then they used a franchise tag probably for the first time since the whole Jimmy Graham litigation situation oh boy. that took place and all that, which by the way, hello, Mike is that might be you too, buddy, someday. So it's, you know, it's one of those things to where, you know, you, you oftentimes don't expect it, but when it comes through, it comes through and sometimes it comes in clutch. And that certainly has happened for guys like Kirk Cousins before. Yeah. It's a, it's a, in case of emergency, we didn't get a deal hammered out and the league years turning over, you know, in, in a week, we just have to hit the button and do the franchise tag. Because if you do a franchise tag and then you sign them to a deal, you can just make the franchise tag into the signing bonus and just call right. it that. And pretty much work all that in. It just doing the franchise tag does mess with your leverage and stuff, too. Um, But yeah, we'll have to kind of monitor. And I'm sure tomorrow on the show, Tony and James will take you through whatever guys we didn't get to. Yeah, absolutely. There's more franchise tags expected on the way. Then you got the deadline. And then by the time that we come back again next week, Luke. Oh, it's going to be tampering. tampering. Legal tampering. It's time. It's time. NFL free agency is almost here as if. The NFL season never went away because it doesn't. <laughs> so that is why we are here with you five days a week, every single Monday through Friday on Locked on NFL. As Luke mentioned, you're going to see tomorrow our good friends Ryan Tracy as well as – or excuse me, no. Tomorrow is going to be James Rapine as well as Tony Wiggins. T- you can also mm-hmm. check out Ryan Tracy and Eric Crocker over at Locked on NFL Draft for all the good stuff that you yes. get there. So thanks so much for making us your first listen. Go and make them your second listen. We'll see you tomorrow and next week here as we continue on Locked on NFL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.